What is happening, party people, and welcome to Talking During Movies, the podcast where you take moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. And man, this one was really fun, you guys. I, I really, I can't, I can't express the joy that I had in talking with my new friend. And, you know, he doesn't know we're new friends, but uh, Mark Krames, he is the CEO and the man behind Demeter fragrance and these are all handcrafted fragrances here in the u.s you're like dude why are you talking to a guy who makes sense because he makes the coolest sense in the world and we're talking peanut butter and jelly tennis balls uh kitten fur tootsie pops or dots elvira he's got diffuser oils listen man i mean he's got over 300 cents and if you reach out to him or the company you know, they might, and you have a scent idea, if they haven't done it yet, they might do it. But we're talking like Pure Soap, the scent of New Zealand. Um, they've got different hand sanitizers that are coming out with scents as well. There is so much cool stuff that he has. And I had a great time talking with him, I'm not going to lie. I mean, this this man is, uh, he's, he's amazing. We had so much fun. So take a listen, enjoy. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Dive Bar Austin. I cannot wait to get back and see those guys. Check them out on Instagram at Dive Bar. And, of course, Colorblind Design at colorblind.design, making the best, the absolute best in uh, tactical six-pack carriers. And if you've got, like, some big project, if you've got some big metalworking, amazing project, there is no one better, no one better than our friends at Colorblind Design. Just reach out to Scott. Just let him know you got a project, you want to do something, and uh, he'll make it happen. I mean, he's doing custom picnic tables. This guy does epic, epic work, and he's ready for you. So, with all that said, get ready, because uh, my daughter's about to poop a big one. I pooped a big one. Audio's all right, sir, and welcome to Talking During okay, well, Movies. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed because I'm in the Poconos. <laughs> fingers are crossed. We're going to have a good time. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. We are, um, so a couple of things. I'm going to do this quick announcement here. Uh, one of the things I've been doing is, um, A, doing a free read and helping out small businesses, uh, what's going on, you know, with uh, the economy. So helping them out, obviously. Uh, and then, um, two, just to, you know, we kind of tell people a little bit about, um, the movie and what's going on, why you picked it. But first real quick, you know, I reached out to a bunch of minority owned businesses and I said, Hey, what do you guys, what's going on? Can I help you out? Would you like a free read? Quite a few got back to me and, uh, I just want to give some, some quick love to some people here. 
One is um, uh, is the taste of Ethiopia. I don't know if you've ever had Ethiopian food. Uh, I can't imagine wrapping my mind around how even how to prepare it. You know, but uh, understanding food and the relationship with it and how it invites you into cultures and people and personality and how amazing it is. Uh, I can't I can't encourage people enough to check out the Taste of Ethiopia. It was established in 2008, so it's been around for a while. Uh, it's here in Austin. It's owned, owned and operated by Wuni Mariam, and I'm, I apologize if I butchered that name. And they've got a variety of things, from vegetarian to chicken, beef, lamb, goat dishes. You know, as she says, come for the food, stay for the coffee. It is authentically delicious. Uh, so, you know, with that said, um, folks, if you're in uh, Austin, Texas, check out Taste of Ethiopia. If you're just online, you know what, sometimes it's as simple as a like and a little message to say, keep your head up, keep up the good work. So go check them out on Instagram at Taste of Ethiopia Austin. That's at Taste of Ethiopia Austin. So there's that, Mark. I don't know if there's a favorite restaurant or a, a beer or a wine that you like that's local, but if you do, please let us know about it. Well, we are big Chinese food eaters in New York. So we are big supporters of Pearl East in Manhattan, okay. New York. Shout out to Pearl East Chinese food. What kind of uh, what kind of Chinese food do you like? What's your uh, what's your favorite Chinese food there, Mark? Uh, I'm a, I prefer mushu uh, vegetables. You sort of stuck with the vegetarian. We're a little more limited, but that's why I ate. All the Asian foods are great for vegetarians. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a great insight. I, 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 that's a great insight. So, hey, so you're on the way to the Poconos. We reach out, we're chatting. A couple of things before we get too far down the road. Uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we've chatted before on, on some stuff, but I wanted to uh, share with people. So, we've got, um, you have one an amazing company that we're going to get into. And, uh, you know, just go to www.dmeterfragrance.com. And then my place where I will tag you guys in this is on Instagram. And, of course, on Facebook and Twitter, obviously. But you guys are at Instagram at D-E-M-E-T-E-R-C-E-O. Um, Mark, real quick, give us a rundown here of of your company and what you guys do. And then we're going to go all the way backwards okay. to the beginning and your fun, your fun adventures in life, if you will. Much like Jurassic, <laughs> much like Jurassic Park, I might add. <laughs> so uh, Demeter is the least serious, most fun fragrance company you will ever run across. I love that make, answer. And, well, it's, and it's the true answer, so it's easy. We make 300 different fragrances inspired by real objects and experiences and consequently evoke the feelings and memories that surround those smells. So for example, we make fragrances with names like chocolate chip cookie, cosmopolitan cocktail, uh, New Zealand, uh, green tea. Whatever it is, those common objects that make you comfortable, make you excited, make you feel sexy, we have those fragrances so you can change your mood with scent. That's the basic idea. 
And in the age of coronavirus, we've also added hand sanitizer, including a couple of days from now, scented sanitizer. So now it's, it's interesting what you said there, right? Because that, that is actually, it's, it's very, very fascinating. Um, you guys literally went in, right? And um, you change, you're, you're pulling information. It's, it's you're changing emotion with your sense, as you put it. How do you, one, how does that work, A? And then B, not only how, how does it work, but where um where do you how do you find the energy i guess you know because this is a this is a really crazy thing to me quite honestly because you've got you're you're literally with the nose you're changing my attitude and i'm trying to figure out how the two go together because i mean i know our body's all it's it's a big biological organism it's like its own individual rainforest but i'm how do you get from a this could be a cool scent to be, I'm going to buy it to see, oh my gosh, my emotions have changed. I'm a happier person. I feel sexier. I feel better. How does that all work? Well, first, no one really understands the mechanism, the, uh, the physical mechanism by which scent impacts the way we feel as much as it does. Okay. There's a lot of theories, but it is the least studied of all our things. But what is well established is the fact of the connection. So while the methodology is not understood, we do know that scent impacts the way you feel more than anything else. And that, and we also understand that those are not instinctual. Those connections are learned. So if your grandmother burned down the house while making chocolate chip cookies, your experience of chocolate chip cookies is going to be different from mine when I couldn't wait to get home because they were so delicious. Okay. So it's not just, so it's also personal. Now, yes, we have acclimation. We, most people feel that lavender is calming because that's a cultural, a, a cultural understanding. But we've come to that. We've learned that. It's not like we were born instinctually that if I smell lavender, it's going to make me feel better. Sure. Okay. How do you, you know, and, um, as, as new, you know, you've got over 300 fragrances. How do you stay new and fresh? Well, that's the fun part. Uh, and most of that, quite frankly, comes from two places. Uh, my travels, I'm constantly moving throughout the world looking for new fragrances, uh, particularly things that are tied to other cultures, because I think that's particularly fascinating. But uh, obviously, we're doing a little less traveling today than we used to. The other place that I get most of my ideas are suggestions from our fans. And that's pretty much where it's coming from now. What I is have um, tens, of thousands, tens of thousands of people around the world who write suggestions, and I listen. That's, you know, the success of, of, of Dane Cook. One of his big successes was he got on MySpace, he got on early, and he engaged with everyone that messaged him. Sometimes it would take him hours upon hours. He would, he would lose sleep. He didn't drink, he didn't do drugs, but his, his drugs seemed to be interaction, unearthing that connection. And uh, with over 300 fragrances and still wanting people to participate with you and, um, and, and help in the creation of another 
fragrance that literally can change a person's mindset and mood. Um, how, uh, how much weight of that is, is on you when you get a great idea from someone? How much of you goes, I should have thought of that? Or more importantly, how much of you goes, man, people are, this person's really in touch with what's going on. I get both those feelings, but I have a lot of V8 moments. Okay. <laughs> uh, how did I not think of that all the time? That's no. you know, a lot of people, a lot of people come up with really exotic, unusual scents, and that's fun too. But it's the person who hits something that's right in front of you that you didn't think of that really has the impact. Uh, I'll give you. Would you like an example? Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. One of the best examples is Sunshine, which is one of our best-selling fragrances. And a young Chinese girl wrote to me about how one of her favorite scents was the smell of a cotton t-shirt drying and warmed in the sun that to her that warm cotton was the scent of sunshine we made the fragrance and it was great uh another one was a woman wrote to me a 16 year old girl actually that wimbledon was her favorite time of year because it brought back her childhood memories when she learned how to play tennis and she'd open a can of tennis balls and get that whoosh and that smell of the new tennis ball so we made a fragrance called fuzzy balls that's how it comes together <laughs> i mean this is it's interesting you know so we're watching jurassic park here uh one of your one of your movies and you know they are um they're unearthing first right we're unearthing dinosaurs we're going to go from unearthing to studying the dna and the people and then into essentially rebirthing them. And of course they already have it a little bit of this spoiler alert for you people that haven't seen it. What is, let's jump into your background here. Cause obviously you've got a background in chemistry and science and understanding it probably a PhD in emotion. And, uh, and then you're a, you're a master perfumer. So what brought you to this job today? <laughs> and a CEO by the way. So <laughs> uh, the, the way that I got here was really sort of peculiar because my training is as a lawyer, not as a chemist or a perfumer. So I, I actually started out as a prosecutor working for Janet Reno in Dade County, Florida. Did that for five years, which I really loved. Mm -hmm. went, into, went into civil law, was incredibly miserable, and took a job with one of my clients who happened to be in the perfume business. As I worked through the perfume business, I started getting into the business side. One thing led to another. And about 20 years later, it turned out that I had a very talented nose. And now I've been running Demeter since 2002. And since 2005, I've been doing all the main perfumery. Wow. It was not a straight line. <laughs> to say the least. You know... We briefly touched on this in our last conversation. I wanted to bring it up a little bit more. And if you know about the gentleman, great. If you don't, I mean, you know, I know you were a busy man doing a lot of work with uh, Janet Rena, but there was a, um, a guy that had got brought in to the, um, to the uh, state, pen federal penitentiary, state penitentiary in Florida. He had gotten busted for bringing in at the time the most cocaine uh, and guns into the U.S. ever at that time and they were all smuggled inside trees 
hollowed out the trees, filled them full of coke, filled them full of guns. Uh, he was there for two life sentences is what he got. He started a company called Convict Consulting. And within that- I'm familiar with uh, <laughs> So for those of you that aren't, I'll fast forward here. Basically, his photographic memory allowed him to travel around through the prison network and grab people that had the money to pay him to him, then he would give them information and say, you have to recite X, Y, and Z. And that's gonna put this other person in jail. It's gonna lower your sentence and get you out of jail. And for this, it'll be $100,000, let's say. He did all of that and reduced his sentence at the same time he was reducing other people's sentences. And he was out in less than 10 years, burned off two life sentences and had $10 million in the bank. It is one of the greatest cons of the, the federal justice system I have ever seen. How, um, how many other crazy things that we don't know about that don't catch the light? I mean, that's a, not a well-known story because he wanted to talk 60 Minutes and Janet Reno uh, finally said, just get out, keep your mouth shut because this is going to mess up too many cases. And I wonder how many times, you know, how, how much do not people know about being a lawyer and working and all of those things? How does that, you know, how much are we missing in all of that? A lot. Please <laughs> <laughs> call on your Bluetooth phone. The United States and the Wall Street Journal today, he said we should be celebrating. A Sorry about that. Did I lose right. it for a second? No, we're good. We are all good. So... We're, can you hear, can you hear yeah. me now? I'm sorry, I had a little technical issue. No, I can hear you just fine. You're great. Okay, good. So how so do I'm you, sorry, I missed the question. Yeah, Yeah. so I mean, really, I'm horrible at questions. Long, long-winded questions. My fans reach out and they're just like, hey, tighten it up. I gotta get caught up in my own voice. Horrible. Um, the, what goes on behind the scenes, if you will, uh, in, in, your, in your first job? I mean, one, you drove up shit was on fire and you're like great first day at work but you know we we're only really introduced to law through the most obtuse things television right and great actors how far apart is what probably people think the law is and how law is done in court versus what really happens well it's sort of interesting i think what you see you know in television and movies when it comes to trials is actually fairly accurate. As a matter of fact, we used to use a lot of television and movies to train trial lawyers. Wow. It, 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 that part of it is, is actually not bad. The part that gets missed is that very few cases go to the trial. Uh, and that many, many defendants get sucked into the system because they simply don't have the ability and the resources to deal with the state. When the state brings its powers to you, uh, most people can't bear up under that kind of pressure, financial or emotional. So lots of people end up in the system that probably don't belong there. Wow. That was... I was, a, I, I was a big believer of the broken windows kind of policing, take care of the, you know, the small things. Yep. And, 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 that, and the rest of it will take care of itself. In the 80s when I was prosecuting, and I've come to believe 
that what we did instead is we created a whole entire generation of underclass people and we destroyed a whole generation of black leadership because they ended up in jail for things that white people simply didn't end up in jail for. Is that, and, and you know, I know you have, you've been out of, um, of prosecution for, for a while now, but, uh, you know, I, I got to ask, um, is it, have you seen from the outside looking in, knowing what you know about the inside, knowing what you know about, unfortunately, um, you know, the, the weight and pressure and almost being forced to not go to trial and, and, and taking a, a lump, if you will, uh, and that's a very flippant way of talking about it, but um, have you seen any change in the system or is it just as bad as it was? It's just, um, it's just shaded differently. The, the differences are not significant enough. Okay. I think maybe we're at the, the, the beginning of the edge now of dealing with some of these issues. Uh, bail in particular is uh, prosecutors and judges use bail to keep not people who haven't been convicted of anything yet in jail. Now, occasionally there's a reason for that, but I've seen people spend more time in jail than they would have gotten for the conviction of some of these petty crimes. It's crazy. Wow. How does that work? Because shouldn't it, I mean, it, it seems like a pretty basic math program, right? All right, you know, Tom over here is gonna go to jail. If he gets convicted, it'll be two years. Well, he's been waiting to go to jail for, been waiting for his trial for three years and he couldn't afford bail, so he's been in jail for three years. Well, then that's why you, you get these, you get really crazy anomalies, often for crimes that are minor. And look, we see that anyway. What, uh, we're living through this right now. Yeah. Why do, why do minor crimes require major interventions? and then escalate into these unbelievable outcomes. Why do we even, uh, why do we criminalize so much? Why are our police militar militarized? I didn't ask those questions when I was part of the system and I regret that to this day. Well, I mean, the good news is, you know, is that uh, you have the experience and it's, it's weird to say this, but it's like you have the authority to, to make that statement, that claim. I believe everybody does, but because of your experience, right, uh, your, your authority in it, um, your conviction in what you're saying is, uh, is much more sound, if you will. Um, not saying that anyone else who agrees with what you're saying doesn't have a voice to say it. It's just good, bad, or indifferent, right? Your background and what you've seen um, allows an insight and perspective that I think we can all take. And, you know, for my personal take, you know, I think we do a great job as a country of emotionally letting things pop, if you will, right? Um, the riots that we've seen in the past, the protests we've seen, we do a great job of, of facilitating that. We do a really horrible job uh, looking back and making sure we're making progress moving forward, right? I mean, we just don't, it's like we, we don't treat our relationships the way we probably should, from neighbors to city to state, to Republican versus Democrat, to black versus white, well, any I, minority. I, well, I think we all, you know, I, I, I'm not smart enough to deal with those issues, but I do feel that we've contributed it as a society 
by criminalizing behavior that's less than criminal on a regular basis. Sure. I, I couldn't agree more. So now you would, you would touch base on, you went from essentially a, uh, an attorney, you got some people in the fragrance business, and then you find out in air quotes that you've got this great nose. Had you had any privy or insight in your life and who you were and what was going on that, um, that you had a great nose, that you just had a natural acumen for, for, for smelling things? Absolutely no clue. None whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I was in the fragrance industry for a long time before I figured it out. Uh, you know, I went into the fragrance industry not as a perfumer, but as a distributor, I went in as a businessman that if it was shoes or fragrance, it wouldn't have made a difference to me. I happened to know something about distributing fragrance. So that's what I did. I had no idea that I would develop or had within me the ability to make it well. What is that ability, do you think? I mean, as a person who says, I didn't know I had the ability. And I, and I asked the question because at the end of the day, <clears throat> people get overwhelmed and they get so overwhelmed, they don't see the forest for the trees and they don't understand that they can go out and do unique and different things. So how did you find this out or, or how was it presented to you or how did you unveil it? Okay, well, how about I use the sixth movie that I didn't give you, which was Goodwill <laughs> Hunting. And the I best, love Goodwill Hunting. And the best explanation Okay, it's actually, well, I fall into two categories, chick flicks and action films. So figure out what that means. Yeah, but you're a well-rounded man. <laughs> with, in Goodwill Hunting, um, Will explains that when he looks at the piano, it just makes sense to him. It, he looks at it and it makes sense. He can't explain it, but it just makes sense to him. Well, when I started putting fragrances together, it just makes sense to me. I can't explain it. Now I have since in, 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 the, in the 20 years that have passed, I have you know, worked on and developed my skills just like if I was a baseball player, I might have a lot of natural skill but you need to refine it. But I had a reservoir of natural talent that I was just unaware of until I was 50 years old, 45 years old. How do you, you know, you're, you're very fortunate, right? You, you had a, a great job, great education, and then now you've built this amazing company. Uh, and I wonder, you know, from tapping into untapped resources, you didn't know were there, right? It's kind of like being in a desert, begging for water, and someone's like, man, if you would just dig down 10 feet, there's a river running underneath you, right? Um, but in all your and all the stuff that you've done and what you've uncovered, walk us through a little bit, or if there was a preparation, maybe there wasn't, and you're just like, shit, I did it. Mm, Woohoo. But what prepared you to launch your fragrance company, your first one, that then got acquired, if I'm correct, to where we're at now today? And what are some of your leadership qualities that you have that allow you to, to keep your, your machine moving forward, if you will? Well, the, the, first, the first move was actually logical. I, I mean, I was doing legal work 
and very detailed legal work on various aspects of, of fragrance businesses. So I got to understand it very much from the inside out. And in, and in particular, when you are um, able to do, uh, understand the business through trademarks, you really get a 360 degree perspective on the business. So going into fragrance distribution was just very natural because I understood it inside out from my legal practice. Okay. The, the second step to get into perfumery was just dumb luck. <laughs> How come I cannot buy the dumb luck? I'm sorry. You're, I've spoken with you. This is the second I've spoken with you. We've exchanged some emails, right? You don't, like I fall into the dumb luck category. <laughs> I've got a. I, I went to a. Sh uh, and listen, for my Vanguard friends out there, calm down. I went to a shitty college. Uh, <clears throat> I don't use the education that I got. Well, that's not true. I kind of use it. But nothing. I mean, like everything I've had. Like I've never filled out a job application and gotten a job. I. Um, I've never. Uh, gone through life and then just you know tried to um if you will uh navigate the waters properly i've always you know the, literally I've, I've i've fallen out of shit and into roses and i've fallen out of roses into shit right um <laughs> it's it seems like you strategically once again great education great first job you know, that doesn't seem like dumb luck to me. That seems, I mean, like luck, obviously, in, in, in finding an untapped resource, but also raw, true and um, drive and intelligence that is, uh, is monumentally different um, than I think the average person can, can get their little hands on, if you will. Well, I, I've always heard it said, and I've repeated a number of times, that the more prepared you are, the luckier you get. <laughs> and true i have I, I i will i spent my life being prepared okay and i think i was smart enough to recognize when i was lucky and not everybody is I mean, so I i'm not Go ahead. I, i'm i'm not downgrading my own efforts but the but rather the piece about having talent as a perfumer was a complete unexpected surprise the fact that I make fragrances, design fragrances that people love, that was never in the cards and there was nothing to prepare me for that. That is just a happy, a happy circumstance that I ended up in the fragrance business and had a talent that was particularly special for me. Do you, uh, in, in, you know, it's like we're watching Jurassic Park here and there's the science scene and he's, you know, pulling up the DNA from the, from the dinosaur that is also, that was in a mosquito. And it did, I love the liberties of assuming mosquitoes still lived or were around then and, and therefore allowed us to, 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 to jump this shark, if you will. And then they're getting the tour of the science labs. How much of what you do when it comes to perfuming is science? And how much of it is you or your team? There's a, there's a lot of science involved, but I don't mess with the science. That's somebody else's <laughs> You're like, hey, guys, tennis balls, Wimbledon, make some magic, call it fuzzy balls. I got to go. Right. right. So, so, so uh, very often how we work, uh, and, and there's very little that I do from scratch. 
Okay. The, the way that I usually work on a perfume is I have another perfumer take the first shot at it. And, uh, and, and, that I, and I might have different perfumers work on it under, under my direction. I might have the same perfumer do it a couple of times to get it to a place that I couldn't do from scratch. But then my talent is, is the ability to then adjust it and take it and refine it in that last stage to the level where it's something really more special. Uh, the, the best example of that is probably our kitten fur fragrance, which is a fragrance that had been worked on by the founder of the company all the way back in the 1990s. And I guess wow. we introduced it about five or six years ago. It took about 15 years to get it right. And um, <laughs> it what was that actually... That's a crazy I, thing. Hold on real quick. Hold on. Pause real quick. 15 years to get it right. Yeah, but I want people to absorb that, right? I really want people to kind of bring that in. I want to bring it in because you log on to a website. I follow you on Instagram and I see, oh, kittens fur. That's cool. My uh, best friend has seven cats. They smell like kittens going to a meeting. Good for you. I love it. But no one knows that it took 50 years to get there right in this society and where we live we understand that it happened today or a little bit yesterday we don't 15 years that is a level of dedication that is that is on, on the on the lines of a, of a, of a Van Gogh psychosis of, of trying to figure out how to make the perfect painting and cutting your ear off to get there it's 15 years. If you let it go after five days, you're like, well, fuck it. Just go smell kittens at the, at the, you know, animal hospital or humane society and get your rocks off there, champ, because I'm not doing 15 years to get it out of someone. That's amazing. Well, well it's not like I didn't do 200 other fragrances during that period of time. Still, it's dedication. Uh, but, but, but yeah, it sits on the shelf and you go back and you try and the technology changes and new, new materials become available. And eventually it happened. But uh, part, of the, part of the funny thing about it is the submission that I received that ended up becoming kitten fur was not kitten fur. It was a bakery. Someone was trying to create a bakery smell for me. And as soon as I smelled it, it clicked for me that if I did A, B, and C to it, this might be kitten fur. And I did A, B, and C, and it worked. Wow. On the bread, horrible joke here, but I think it would be hilarious to do a fresh baked bread scent if you don't have it. Of course, let everyone know it's gluten-free. Um. <laughs> well, it, 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 that becomes an interesting thing, too. I've been trying to do fresh baked bread also for many, many years. And it turns out that because of regulatory changes, you just can't get it anymore in a fragrance that you can wear on the skin. I could do it for a diffuser, but I can't get it yet right for the skin. Really? What is, what is the yep. difference there? What is, the, uh, what is that, um, that razor's edge or that Grand Canyon that doesn't allow that transition currently? Well, the, the, um, the limitations on the chemicals that you can put on the skin because of absorption 
are very limited. I, the palette that I can use on the skin is a hundredth of the size that I can use in flavors for digestion. Wow. Uh, which, of course, is why transdermal delivery of drugs is such a big deal right now. Uh, but, but the other side of the coin is, well, then what you're putting on the skin better damn well be safe. <laughs> what happened to your arm? I don't have a cough anymore. No, I know the cough's gone, but what happened to your arm? Well, the side exactly. effects included dry mouth, diarrhea, watery eyes, and loss of left arm. But I don't so, cough anymore. So we're trying to be very careful on that regard. <laughs> Man, so that, that limits is... us. So there are things we just can't do sometimes. I can't do gasoline for the same reason. Interesting. So it really is. I mean, and then there are scientists out there who take this limited, really paint by numbers group and then constantly remixing the numbers to try to get different fragrances. Well, and in today's society, the, the numbers, meaning what we consider safe, gets to be less and less and less every day. So it's sure. more and more challenging. Where um, the companies, you've, you've had companies come to you and ask you to do promotional um, perfumes, colognes, scents, whatever you want to call them. What's been the craziest one? And what has been one that you're like, guys, I love you. I got to turn this down. Um, I don't turn anything down. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, that, that's not true. When it comes to those kinds of things, I only do what really appeals to me. Okay. So, which means that just because it's crazy, I wouldn't turn it down. Sure. Um, I did have uh, a Japanese company that asked me to do some things that were um, things of a sexual nature that I just, just felt were really inappropriate that I did refuse to do. Makes sense. Uh, but the ones that we did, which were the most fun over the years, was Cheeto, the Cheeto, about three or four years ago, for April Foods, Fools, uh, Frito-Lay came to us and asked if we could make a Cheeto fragrance. C-H-E-E-T-E-A-U. Oh, very fancy. find the video on YouTube. Which was, um, which was the smell of che yellow Cheeto, orange Cheetos dust on your fingers. And it, and it was dead on, and it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. How long did that Off take? Hold on, how long did that one take? Because kitten fur took 15 years. So how long did it smell like Cheetos uh, take? A couple of, couple of months. This was not uh, What? What's the difference there? What happened the between two months of Cheetos, 15 years of kitten fur, and I'm assuming, even though it was a spoof, out of the gate, the Cheeto smell sold faster than kitten fur. Sold, it, sold every piece we made and made a second run. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, 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 it was, uh, you, you know, and it, it's the same thing as the kitten fur. If the material exists, it's not that hard. If you have to make the material, it could take forever. Sure. Makes sense. Now you said you're working on puppy's breath. Puppy's breath is, is, is the next big one. That's the next big one. So you've had, and you know, as, as I'm pulling up my stuff, right? So obviously, I mean, you guys, you have some fun, fun stuff. Um, would oh, I have peanut butter and jelly. Sorry. <laughs> would peanut butter and jelly, uh, 
what is your biggest uh, unique smell that you have that you're selling? What's your biggest one? And what's one that you're, you're scratching your head going, we created this and I can't believe more people aren't buying it. Uh, well, I have a lot like that. And a lot of that, <laughs> by, by the way, Talk to honestly, me about it's, it. just, it's just sometimes it, it, the name doesn't resonate because we primarily live online. Our people don't think it would be as great as it is. Sure. Um, you know, so it's just a limitation of how we sell. But the, um, the, the, the really uh, working on, on, the, on the big ones is always, you know, you never know when you do it. Like baby powder for 10 years has been our best-selling fragrance. I never had any expectations for baby powder. It just blew up. I had expectations for kitten fur, but not baby powder. Wow. Uh, so I, 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 one of the beauties of Demeter is that I make stuff that I love. And I make stuff that I think maybe other people will love. And sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. But because I don't have to answer to anybody at Cody or Unilever or Procter & Gamble, I just get to make cool stuff. What is that freedom like? Uh, that's the reason we're here. I know. What does that feel like when you wake up in the morning? Right, you wake up and I send you a message and I go, hey, I've got this great idea. Let's do uh, a scent that is my favorite scent of a childhood, which is that mix of the smell of original Coors beer with a bucket of fried chicken. As my dad gives me a dollar on my birthday at his favorite bar, and I get a scratch off four Kino cards. It's, it's so, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> where did the question start? <laughs> <laughs> the question started in, uh, you know, in, in, in what, in everything that you've done, right? And the things you thought were big sellers and not big sellers. Um, and some that have taken two months and others that have taken 15 years. Where does it, where does it go from, here's my idea, right, here it is, to, and then the freedom of waking up and going, and now I'm going to go create that because I can. Like, Rogan talks about this a lot. He says, I have fucked you, exactly, it's, exactly it, it's exactly what you think it is. The problem with doing <laughs> something as, as unique as what we do is that you don't get fuck you money. <laughs> uh, it, 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 you, you know, so the freedom lives right next to the fear of failure, especially in the. I'm only as good as. Look, and what? And and these days, I have no confidence in what we're going to sell tomorrow. So it's a scary time, I think, for any small independent business. As a. Um... As, 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 as scary of time as, as it is, would you find yourself being more scared if you were in a nine to five job than in the role that you're at where you get to create and foster not only your own destiny, you get to share your passions, you get to share your insights. And correct me if I'm wrong, but from the way you've described it, maybe more importantly, you get to give a fragrance and a scent to someone where that didn't exist for them before. I was so angry <laughs> when I was working nine to five 
that, you know, for the couple of years I did it, that I could never get around the feelings. Well, I, I, I was raised in an entrepreneurial family, and it's pretty clear in hindsight that this was who I was going to have to be. Uh, didn't mean I was going to be successful. That part is nice. But I wasn't going to fit into that mold very comfortably, one way or the other. But I love that you talk about how you're like, I, I, I went to school. I enjoyed my job as a lawyer. Nine to five, honestly, I would assume it's just the worst thing in the world that I'm so happy I'm here now. And well, I, and when I, I say nine to five, I mean civil law. When I was practicing sure. criminal law and working as a prosecutor, that didn't feel like a nine to five job. It felt like what I was doing is important. But when I went back into, that, into civil law, that was the end for me. Uh, it was clear to me that I was going to have to do something that felt more important to me. It sure. turned out more important was more about how I was living my life than what my business was. Okay. What, um, what part of those aspects to your personal life then changed? Well, was which is that I had at, at 48 I had a better idea what I wanted out of life okay than I did when I started my first company at 28 so at 48 I had a five-year-old and a three-year-old child oh, I'm sorry uh, eight eight and a five uh, uh, seven and a four and we had six kids between the two of us with the Brady Bunch. I was just going to say, you, living at home. you took and the words goal, out of my mouth. You're the Brady sorry. Bunch. You're yes, the Brady we are. Bunch. It's awesome. We, we are the Brady Bunch. I have three from my <laughs> first marriage, one from her first marriage, and two together, three boys, three girls. And we also cover about every ethnicity in America. <laughs> uh, we are the Rainbow Coalition. You are the United Colors of Benetton family all, all, all by ourselves it's very special <laughs> I um, love it. and uh so our goals were to make enough money to live a reasonable life with all these children and be around for the kids so the first goal was not financial the first goal was to develop a business where i didn't have to go into the office 12 hours a day where Debbie didn't have to go into the office 12 hours a day, and um, where I didn't have to spend half of my life on the road running a $120 million international business. So we bought Demeter, which at that time was insolvent, and probably doing about $300,000 a year. And the whole idea was to build a team that wanted to wrap their work around their lives and stop wrapping their lives around their work. So yes, there were financial goals. We all do want, did want to live a certain way, but we had higher priorities about how we wanted to raise our families. And that is how Demeter came to be in 2002, a, a virtual company. The factory runs like a company, but its entire front office is spread out across the East Coast because we had different goals. Uh, Demeter was very much a social experiment that so far has worked out. You know, the, um, the argument made, uh, and I don't agree with it, but the argument made is when you own your own business and you work from home, let's say a majority of the time or half time, 
that actually consumes more of your life than if you had a nine to five job. Uh, yes. That, you know, and, and, and an argument are, are, you know, obviously in some capacity it does. But in a majority, I agree with you that, right, you got to create structure, your own structure, not in the confines of a certain time period, and then also get the extra work done. But you got to create your own structure and decide what you want to do and, and how you want to spend your time. Um, I wonder in this world of, of, of where you're at and these changes that you've made, what, uh, what's been the impact with, uh, with, with you and, uh, and your six children? I have, I have a child and a basset hound, so I'm blown away by six, right? I mean, I'm making dinner last night and my kid has a friend over. I'm like, I've got to make four meals? Four? What, am I feeding the whole village here? I'm pissed off about making an extra slider only because I got to patty out an extra slider and I'm lazy. And I, and then I hear you've got six kids and you know, you, I'm, a, I'm waiting for the fragrance to come out. That's called college tuition. And you're like, seriously, help well, my we've kids been make making that fragrance for years. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Well, that's, that's where all the money goes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, but, uh, hey, hey, Lord, yes, Hoffman, I, 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 this is what it really I, smells like. Well, the, the last one is going into her senior year at Delaware. Uh, but since she's going to graduate school, I'm not quite off the hook yet. Senior year at Delaware. So are any of your kids into the family business or are they doing their own things? And they're just my, like, oldest, my oldest son and daughter-in-law run the factory together. Wow. Uh, my middle son, uh, my stepson, who is Debbie's son, manages the vast majority of our B2C business, everything but our own website. Okay. All the Amazon, the eBay, the, 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 all the, all the third-party platforms we work on. Sure. Um, and my youngest son is our director of business development and works very closely with me actually uh, trying to train him. He graduated Wisconsin two years ago. He is starting to take over the international piece uh, because I wanted to start to cut down on my travel to begin with. And of course, then the advent of COVID uh, as I'm going to be 65 this year was definitely the end of my heavy international travel. So he's going to take that, take up that piece of the business for us. Where is um... so? We, so we've got four in the business, and the fifth. Uh, so we, we've got three kids full time in the business: a daughter-in-law, a sister-in-law, and a mother-in-law. And my youngest daughter is interning for us this summer, doing social media work before she enters her senior year. Wow. My other two daughters uh, have their, one of them has her own company, uh, one of the top selling businesses for selling independent beauty brands to independent stores. And the other one works with one of the top tech companies doing virtual reality beauty uh, delivery, uh, delivering beauty products and techniques virtually. So we all ended up in the beauty business, uh, most of us in this company. We are family owned and operated. Where is your, um, 
you know, it, it's weird, right? We've got planet Earth and then we have the US. And it's always fascinating to me that companies break down like, here's planet Earth and here's the US economy. Uh, who beats out on fragrance purchases in your world? Is it planet Earth or is it the US economy? It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, typically fragrance brand, almost every fragrance brand in the world does better in its home market than its export markets. Makes sense. Uh, Americans like American designers. Germans like German designers. And Italians like Italian designers. Not a shocking, uh, you know, French, French. Not a shocking concept. Uh, so over the years, it has become more and more that uh, local fragrances dominate the local market. Sure. France, France has a little different position because it had been, its, its designers had been at the top of the fragrance industry for so long. So they still hold a little different place from everybody else. We're unique in that we really only live online in America. We have very, very little brick and mortar positioning. Uh, as a consequence of that, and as a consequence of my own personal background, we became a heavier exporter than um, than a uh, than a domestic seller. Okay, but that but that is not typical. It's, that's sort of sort of unique to us. I kind of you know in doing a little more research and talking with you, the thing that pops into my head, and if I'm wrong, I apologize and please correct me. But there's a there's a thing I do, whether I'm at the gym and I'm, I'm running on the treadmill and I pick someone, I'm like, I'm going to run longer than this person. And they don't know we're in a competition. Right. <laughs> They're like, why is this person staring at me? Like, I'm going to stay I, I on know, this. I know the feeling. Yeah. You know the feeling, right? So I, I see you and I've done research on you and I'm like, Oh wait, Mark's kind of like Elon Musk. And without the Elon, money. Without. <laughs> We're, we're going to try to get you the money. But it's a funny thing because it really does, like when I think about it, right, I was like, I wonder, does the fragrances, the Shishi, Chanel's, Uber, fancy fragrance world, do they kind of shit on you like the way NASA shit on SpaceX? And now Elon's like, hey, if you would like a trip to the space station, I'm happy to give you one on one of my amazing rockets. That seven years ago in 60 Minutes, you said were horrible. I'm pleased to say not at all. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we actually get the opposite treatment. We're much better thought of within the industry for our creativity and the quality of what we do than what we're actually able to sell. And the reason for that is the fragrance is a uh, fragrance, I believe, is the best consumer packaged goods category in the world. We, are, we have become packaged goods, not art, not couture, uh, and we do it incredibly well. I challenge anyone to find better primary packaging than perfume bottles. And um, we you don't know, that, by that way, Real quick, on the perfume bottle and packaging, right? Because that is a unique CPG. Yes. Right? It can come in all different shapes and sizes and mists and, and, mater and, and materials. And materials, and material. it seems sometimes 
that the packaging can almost be seen as creative as the product itself. Oh, I think the packaging is much more creative than the product. The wow. stuff inside commercial fragrances, it tends to be 95% of it is similar to each other. It's not identical, but in the same narrow range of fruity florals. Okay. How do you... Uh, and that's because launching a, fr a commercial fragrance today is like launching a movie. You can't afford to make a mistake, so you go back to the ground that has a history of success. With that, with that statement, I want to ask you something. Um, and I know you've got, uh, a, a, you've got family in the works and in marketing and business development and everything else. But you started it. You were there. You've sold a company before. You've built companies before. Um, my biggest thing, and maybe it's because it's a metric and can be measured or not, <clears throat> which seems to be the easy answer. But I look at things and I go, I will sit down and talk with CMOs and they will call me in for consulting. I mean, like, what is, hands down, your best marketing? No questions asked, what is it? And they're like, word of mouth. And I go, what's next? And they're like, experiential. If people can experience our product in some capacity, let me tell you how their lives change. And I go, great, where do you spend your money? And they're like, AdWords and pay-per-click. I go, but wait, you just said experience is like your number two and number one is word of mouth. How come you don't focus on that? Like, don't know how to, uh, not gonna try to figure it out. And so we're just staying with this, even though we know other things work better, we just don't know how to put a metrics on them. And so I wonder, I, ask, I say all of that to ask you, how much of your marketing is driven on numbers and how much of it is driven on you and your insights on planet earth and people and sense and how much is driven by your kids and how they see the earth and how they've watched you grow and struggle and grow. How do they then navigate these waters? Well, our marketing up until very recently, I mean like months was almost all organic. Uh, we were PR driven. We were okay. social driven and we probably spent on paid advertising like a couple of thousand dollars a month, almost nothing. That's great. We have lots of communication. We have lots of communication with our customer. Well, part of it is, you know, we deliver a prestige product at a mass market price. So we don't, and that is where the marketing money comes from. So we simply don't have access to it the way the bigger brands do. Uh, because then we'd have to charge $48 for a bottle, not 21 Sure. And, and, and that's a, a choice, and I think a fair choice. But it limits our marketing ability. Now, for the first time, we are spending $10,000, $20,000 a month the last few months because I think it's the right time to grab market share. It's the right time to tell people in a more direct way who you are and that you can impact the way you feel. Have you guys thought of, you know, you've got, um, and uh, Budweiser's done this well, They've, you know, and, and, their, and their parent companies have acquired uh, a, a plethora of microbrew brands, right? And they've done these tasting groups and tasting parties with food and with other beers and movies. And I'm wondering if you guys have thought of, you know, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm a genius here, um, but it's, I'm wondering if you thought of perfumes and scents that align with um, 
a movie or a theme. And the reason I bring it up is because, listen, our, our, our objectivity of entertainment has changed. Going to movies, not going to movies, going to concerts, not. Stand-up comics are trying to do a thing where they're doing drive-in movie theaters. You drive in, turn on your FM radio to a thing, and boom, you've got it. But there's an element missing, right? And, and I believe, and of course I'm caught up a little bit in, a, in the moment of emotion, but I do believe that a great movie, great comedy, um, a, a, a great experience has a couple of things to it, right? It has one, it has the a aspects of, of emotion that allow you to tell the story. Two, you're involved. So being involved in telling the story. And then three, scent. And I guess, you know, my, 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 my very long-winded question here is, is like, in the biz dev world, you step out and go to a, a Burt Kreischer who's doing a long, and I forget, there's a couple others who's doing a drive-in movie theater uh, comedy series tour. But I, I would love for them to succeed. I think people will go out just to try to find success, but I also believe that it is, um, it's fraught in the fact that if you've ever been to a comedy store and you've smelled it in there, if you've just been a part of that wood that holds smell and life and laughter, it's not gonna be as successful. It's not, it's gonna be good, but it's not gonna be successful. And I wonder how much could you change the world we live in to make it more successful with creating new sense? Well, I'm gonna answer that in pieces and I'm actually gonna Please go back to the more get after question <laughs> because they, they sort of work together. Um, that's what I call interpretive fragrance. And that's more what typical, more complex designer fragrances are trying to do. To grab a moment, a memory, a feeling, and do an interpretation of it. And I think, and I think the analogy is to impressionistic painting. Okay. Whereas we're photorealism. I want to, if, if I'm going to give you a cosmopolitan cocktail, I don't want an impression of what that felt like sitting on that deck at the Sonoma Inn at sunset. That's for somebody else to do. Yep. I want to give you the greatest, best cosmopolitan cocktail that's going to make you think, how did you not go to the Sonoma Inn to drink this before? That's my goal. But Narrower, yeah. more focused. So real quick, in that scenario, would it make sense if I am a small business, like here in Austin, Texas, right? The bars can deliver packages of booze. So they can give me a cosmopolitan cocktail setup. I can drive to that bar, I can pick that bag up, pay 50 bucks, drive home and make Cosmos. And I'm wondering how much more effective is that Cosmos sale? If when they close the bag up, they do two squirts of your scent in there, close it up, seal it up and then send it home. You know, it's real. that's a really interesting question because it cuts both ways. I've had situations where like coffee shops have asked me to, you know, for coffee scent, to spray out into the, into the sidewalk outside. Sure. Uh, and, and baked bread also from bakeries. Ooh, yes. Uh, um, but then on the other side of the coin, I've always resisted putting in complimentary fragrances around food or drink, because then I think you're, you're, you're fighting against what the, what the chef is trying to create. 
So I don't really view it as complementary, but probably layering over. I'm not sure I'm right about that. Would there be a um, <clears throat> a chef that you would work with to see to test that hypothesis? Like, if I hooked you up with a chef, if we, I introduced you to one of my celebrity I, chef uh, friends, I, I, would you guys like my my celebrity fresh yeah, chef, I, I, chef you know, Joe Gatto? Right, he's he's up in the Northeast. He's in Massachusetts. He's got his own TV show called From Scratch, which I think actually I'll tell you, what, I think this would be the coolest. Joe, executive producing your show real quick. I apologize. I don't know shit about TV. You have a successful TV show, but I would the, like to introduce the you to. The answer is you could do it. It could be done. The difficulty is doing fragrance and savory smells is really, really hard. The but materials we, don't exist. Okay, but but let's let's pick something that 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 could interact together, right? Because Joe's whole theory is from scratch. Right, so so all, so ba so ba baked goods, yep. fruits, vegetables. But I'd that's like to the see kind a, of stuff that you can do. It's a, a much much harder to do a do. But what I'm saying is, I'd like to see this crazy parallel because maybe I'm, I'm envisioning this wrong, right? But the way you create sense the way you work, right? I mean, it really is from scratch. You've got this certain palette and you've got to mix things together and you should mix them together, boom, this beautiful scent comes out. Joe has this show from scratch where he goes out and he actually forged his own knives that he was gonna use to cut for the series for television. He went out, when he made his own beer, he got it, he picked his own hops and barley. He went out and did it. So the parallel of you guys, of him, showing you a, a let's say a baked good or a bread or a menu of something right it's like we're gonna do yeah. we're gonna make this and next to me from scratch you're gonna make this scent and i'm gonna make this bread or baked goods or whatever is is, is most efficient in your world and his world but to show two worlds from scratch coming together is like the coolest thing in my mind because we leave a restaurant and sometimes it, we leave it, a restaurant yeah, go, Yes, I, I misunderstood. You could definitely do it. Yeah, like I leave a restaurant, like it, it, Ironworks Barbecue. I leave it, I'm like, dude, I smell. Like, I don't want to smell like a smoker. But, or like, I don't want to smell like a campfire after, uh, you know, I got to go it, shower when I get home. Doable thing. I love it. I'm going to introduce you guys over email if you don't mind. I'd love to introduce. I just think that'd be the coolest show in the world because of the hard work you put in, obviously we cannot do kitten fur. We're not doing 15 year, we're not doing a 15 year show, my friend. But <laughs> I'm still fascinated on kitten fur. I'm still fascinated by 15 years of dedication. What that would be that would be a fun conversation. What is what is what does 15 years of commitment look like? Because people don't have marriages that long, not just on average, in general. So what does a 15-year commitment look like to that thing? Ooh, I lost him. Folks, let's see if he dials back in. He was on his way up to a place. You guys, I cannot, honestly, I cannot say enough good things about Mark. Oh, I mean, Chef Joe, we're going to hook those guys up. We're going to do this. 
Uh, it's funny, we just got to the action part of, uh, of Jurassic Park as they're doing their tour and there's a lamb leg that, that falls in and, uh, and all this other shit, right? All those crazy things happen. But this, dinosaurs, made up world, yes, it's a little bit crazy. Yes, it's a little obtuse. But folks, the reality of where those two gentlemen live and the creation that they have is absolutely amazing. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. We got him back on his way to the Poconos. We got him back. I was just singing your praises. I was singing your praises. So, so Mark, real quick, on this, I was just talking about how the, the, the kind of the action adventure part of, uh, of uh, Jurassic Park just kicked off. You know, the, the T-Rex is oh, there. Thanks so much. Well, they're, you know, the T-Rex the is out there. They're having fun. They're, there's the action adventure. You know, there, there's the element of unknown that happens, right? And they don't know how they're going to react. And not to be too hyperbolistic here, but it seems like COVID is like Jurassic Park and, uh, and the dinosaurs got free. And people don't know what to do or how to respond. And as you're patient in trying to figure out the next steps, it also seems like you're assertive and aggressive and planned in the idea that this resilient American rhetorical fantasy theme that says, you're not gonna break me. What is it like to wake up in the morning and have a have a, a company, you got family working there, you've got other kids doing their own thing. What is it like to wake up and go, I don't care what the world throws me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go attack, I'm gonna go be me. What is that like? What's that feeling like? And I and the reason I ask is because I want people to get this like visceral inspiration and understanding of what it means to not just hold the keys, but to pay the employees, to understand the marketing, understand the world, and not rest on the laurels of your simple talents, but develop and explore the, the other talents in your life. Like what, what's a day in Mark look like? What time do you get up? What's everything like? You know, I get up, uh, I'm, I'm an early riser. I get up between five and six generally. Seven would be late. I'm almost always at my desk before seven o'clock. And the first two hours of the day, I do nothing but read news. Okay. Um, I, uh, I find that for me, understanding what's going on in the world has more impact on how I approach the day than anything else. And that was true before COVID. Uh, because we run an in, our business is primarily international, what's going on impacts us. In, in, in a lot of different ways. But today, I generally, I think the greatest asset that we have right now is flexibility. Okay. I think any sort of planning that takes more than three months right now, you're full of shit. <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, a six-month plan is about as accurate today as a five-year plan was six months ago. Makes sense. Your best wild ass guess. So I get up every day with an open mind. I 
used to start the day with a list of things I wanted to accomplish. Now I get up in the morning with an open mind about what the world's going to throw at us and how we're going to deal with it. I spend a lot more time thinking about how I can communicate in a more intimate way with our customers. Uh, for a long time, it felt like it was just good enough to tell them what we were doing. The brand had enough of a reputation. Our products were good enough that if we just let you know it was there, we could, we could get by. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that every brand has to find a way to connect and create comfort. And, and, and I've got to make your day a little more pleasant and a little more comfortable. Comfortable. Sure. And that's what I've got to figure out how to do. And then I've got to figure out how to tell that to you in an environment where everything's blaring to your attention and you're probably scared. You've got hard left turn here, but you've got an amazing beard. I'm jealous. Six are you months doing, in. <laughs> six months in. I love it. Are you doing, uh, are you, do you have plans? Do you like some beard oils or uh, some other stuff like that? Well, we actually make a massage oil, which we all, which does work well as a beard oil, but I don't think okay. we're going to make it a separate item. But uh, the, 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 the great skill that I picked up in the, uh, in the pandemic has been trimming my beard by hand. <laughs> How are you? So, I mean, listen, mine gets bushy and then I got the trimmers and I trim it down and I keep it at, I don't know, a hair above a five o'clock shadow, right? I've got, I've, you know, you've got the, you've got that formal, beautiful gray down the center. I have one patch, another patch over here, and then another one over here. I call, I tell my daughter, her name's Harper. I call them Harper hairs. I'm like, well, it's actually hair. gray. It's gray over here. This is actually fluorescent white. <laughs> it glows in the dark. Folks, he's talking about the front of his chin there. It's majestic. It's great. It's full. I blame my daughter for my gray hair. I, I tell her she calls them Harper hairs. I'm like, those are your Harper hairs. These are the reasons I worry about you. These are every morning I get new ones because my love and worry for you just exponentially grows. I can't stop it. Well, well the funny thing for me was as I grew it out, because I always kept it shorter like you do. Yeah. And when it's short, it's much more black. Okay. It's, 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 it, when it's tight, it's salt and pepper. And when I grew it out, it turned into this fluorescent glow-in-the-dark white. Dude, I love it, man. It's awesome. <laughs> I really do. It's, and it's such a, a statement of there's something about, you know, and I get why 20-year-olds don't rock beards, right? I mean, some of them obviously are, but I get why they don't. There is this statement about gray in your beard that says, sit down and listen and grab me a cup of coffee. Well, I was just looking forward to playing Santa this year without a costume. <laughs> You're like, Grandpa, is that you? Dad, is that you? Hey, 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 mind your piece and cues. Santa's here. <laughs> Calm down. When you, were, uh, when you were growing up, you know, and you've been, you've worked in law, uh, you've bought and sold businesses, you are basically like the editor-in-chief of, of, a frag, of over 350 fragrances where someone goes, how's this? And you're like, tweak it to the left here, tweak it to the right here. We got ourselves a winner, let's go. In all of that, in everything that that encompasses, how do you um, 
stop being a CEO and creator when it's Thanksgiving and Christmas and other holidays coming up where it seems like they need a CEO and creator to make everything run smooth? Or do you just run the whole show? That's my wife. <laughs> You're like, listen, I just kick my feet up. My wife does it. She, uh, I am much more, you know, I, I, look, I, I'm very good at getting people enthused. I'm good at creating excitement. Sure. I'm creative within my own narrow lane here, but it's my wife that keeps both our lives and our business moving forward every day. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a true partnership. And, and partner, partnership, she owns half everything. Um, and she is the one that makes the trains run on time, not me. Doesn't work, doesn't work without her. Wow. Now, is your wife in this world, right? I'm assuming she also was not adept in the perfuming business before you got into it? That would be accurate. We, we, <laughs> neither one of us grew up in beauty. We just ended up there just ended up there and, and uh how is she liking um this this transition you know this this change if you will um with what with, with what's happened with you guys in terms of what's in going terms on right of, now yeah just business in general I mean, like you know she's she's broken away from the tradition if you will what was her life before perfuming i guess is a, probably a better question um we both, I think, really feel like we accomplished our main goal, which is, which was, we were always around for our kids. My youngest is 21 right now, so it's a, little, it's a different thing. But sure. we were, we drove them to school every day, picked them up every day, never, there was always a parent at a dance lesson or a baseball practice. That was our goal, and we fulfilled that. Uh, quite frankly, I think if Debbie could, if I'd let her, she'd love to get a nine to five job at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm the one that, that, that likes the craziness. She's ready to calm down. She's ready to calm it down. You know, she's like, hey, listen, if we sold this, if we sold another company, it'd be great. I'm not going to lie. Where's, um, she's there. Where's Becky's retirement <laughs> goals? Where does she want to go? Where's her place? Is it? I mean, is it Florida? Is it the Maldives? The Poconos? Where do you guys want to go when you, when you, when you hang up the strokes? I'm voting for Rome. Rome? Rome, Italy. Oh, do tell. Why Rome? Uh, honestly, the food. <laughs> the it's our so favorite well. city in the world. Italian food is your... But you love Chinese food. You've got great Italian food in New York City. Yeah, but we, we, we love the whole pace of Europe compared to... Okay. I, I, the only reason I live in New York is because this is where my kids are. I am not a huge New York fan. It's too much for me. Okay, makes sense. I, Everything's I, difficult. You know, I, um, I, I, I used to live in L.A., and I've spent a lot of time in New York doing business. And I always, I always joked around with friends, and I go, Vegas says it's a city that never sleeps, and that's not true. New York is the city that never sleeps. You want a great steak dinner at 1 a.m.? New York City. Right? Yeah, no, it's, a, it, it's absolutely true, but it's also insanely expensive, insanely pressured. Uh, it, 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 it really was never where I would, would have ended up except all my children love it here. When, um, when you travel, 
you know, of course, COVID has limited our travel, obviously, but when you're traveling, uh, do you have samples and stuff that you take with you and, you know, you see a stewardess or a, or a, or a pilot and you're like, hey, you know what, this is going to make the flight a little easier. Or you may enjoy this. Do you, do you, do you... It, it, it used to make getting upgraded in the first class a lot easier. <laughs> I did. Dude, I had the same thing. When I was in the beer business, I would drop off booze to flight attendants and, and pilots. They would give me a shout out on the plane. I mean, this is 20 years ago. Give me a shout out on the plane and then move me to first class in front of everyone. Like, listen. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly right. That all ended on 9-11. Yes, it did. But remember those glorious days of being able to bribe yourself to first class? No, absolutely. Those were good times. <laughs> TSA really screwed us on being able to give a beer or some or a beautiful set to somebody like, are we flying through some thunderstorms? We are, Mark. What's going on? Well, before we take off, would you like to try some thunderstorm? What? It, 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 it was flawless. It is a, uh, it really, I mean, I don't think people think about this enough. And if you can expand on this, great. People don't think about scent enough. Is that accurate? Um, I think that's generally true. There are people, there, it really falls into two groups of people. There are people who are aware how powerfully scent affects them and they're deep into it and people that just don't. It, 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 it's not like a gradation. It's a more, much more black and white, I think. Do you, how much did, and I'm, I'm speaking obviously a little flippant here, but um, how much did patchouli and the other, for lack of a better term, hippie scents really mess with fragrances? Because it just seems like weird oils shoved together. And like, if you don't like this and you don't like planet Earth, so... Uh, go kill yourself with some car. Well, it's, it's what you're talking about with those real essential oils like patchouli. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, that's a bad version of what we do. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's the idea that doing something manipulate you wouldn't blend wine to achieve a, to, you, you would get, everything would be a single grape and you okay. would never, you, you wouldn't blend. Uh, you, you need to, to adjust, take the edges off of something. I have maintained my entire career that patchouli gets a bad rap because everyone thinks of patchouli. They think, of the crap that they smelled in the seven in the sixties and seventies, which was exactly that cheap crap. I paid two hundred fifty dollars a pound for micro fractionated all natural patchouli oil, and it's spectacular. You can you can dive right into it and go for a swim. Different really? experience. Wow. So back and to I'll the tell you what yeah, I don't have your address when you. When you send me the email, send me the address. I'll send you a patchouli, and you tell me if I'm telling the truth. 100%. I will 100% do that. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, we talked a little bit about your love of Chinese food at the very beginning here. 
my love of Chinese food is, is holds no bounds. In fact, for Christmas, I cook Chinese food for 25 people at our house. Because I think that's the way Christmas should be. 25 people in the house, like, what can we bring? And I'm like, wine. You can bring me booze and uh, bring dessert because I'm prepping for two days to get this right so I can get Chinese food done. What are, in your home, two, two questions here. One, let's go, um, let's go uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and, and Christmas. What's on the plate? Because I don't know if there's something special you guys create for Halloween. We do a little something special for the kid. And then, uh, and then two, are there scents that you have or that you love for those times of the year? Absolutely. Now, Halloween, we never made a big deal out of. I mean, some baked goods, but nothing of any great consequence. Uh, but for the scents for Halloween, we, we do, you know, a, a, a Halloween and Thanksgiving pumpkin pie, apple pie, mulled cider. Um, just all kinds of stuff. Vanilla ice cream. It, 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 the, those holidays are so full of fragrances. We do, a, we do a cornucopia set every year with the smells of Thanksgiving. Nice. Um, and then holiday, I have done a special holiday scent every year for the last 10 years. As a matter of fact, we were talking about this just the other day, that it's getting harder and harder to come up with new ones. Um, so we have eggnog gingerbread, uh, peppermint truffles, um, uh, yeah, uh, they're just endless. Uh, we did frankincense, myrrh, gold, which was a lot of fun. Gold? So How do you do gold? Well, it wasn't easy, but it's got like a metallic tang to it. It's a little more interpretive than most of what we do. But I wanted to fin I wanted to finish the three gifts the gifts from the three kings. So if I did frankincense and myrrh, I was damn well going to do gold. <laughs> You're like, and I'll throw in a barnyard on top in case you guys really want to experience the whole thing. How do you in this creation every year? So you've got your are you guys a Chinese food family on Christmas, or do you guys do um, traditional turkey, ham, what have you? Uh, well. This is how we break out. As I explained with the Rainbow Coalition, yeah, that means Chinese food is Sunday. That means the Jewish part of the family has Chinese food on Sunday nights. Yes. Okay. Yes. The Puerto Rican part of the family <laughs> has um, turkey, ham, and goose rotating through Thanksgiving and Christmas, usually all dressed with bacon. Goose and and sofrito. Hold on, it's hold on, you got goose in there. Everything dressed with bacon, bacon and sofrito. Yeah. Whoa! Where's my invite? This sounds amazing. <laughs> and, and and appetizers. If if we're lucky, we get empanadas, and all sorts. And we also get dessert empanadas on a good day. Ooh, what's a dessert empanada like for you? That sounds amazing. Uh, stuff with like fruit jelly. Okay. Fried you know, like or baked? Make, like make an apple pie filling and then stick it in an empanada instead of a pie. Ooh. Nice. 
Very nice. So you've got the Puerto Rican side of the family, you've got the Jewish side of the family. Um, does the Puerto Rican side of the family kind of take over Thanksgiving? They, they own the kitchen. <laughs> they own it. It's theirs. What, um, in, the, in the United... The, the, the Jewish side, when the Jewish side of the family is responsible for the, for the food that day, that's yeah. when we order it. <laughs> I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's funny. There's a, it just brought a question to my mind. There's the scene here, Jurassic Park. They're out of their vehicles. The dad and his kids are, are trapped up in the tree. They've climbed up to the top of a tree. They're close to the top of a tree to find a place to nestle and be together. Uh, everyone says, everyone, there's not a person I've met that hasn't said, oh, you've got kids? The time flies by so fast. What day and point in time does it take to where you create a scent that new parents can have that will just instantly let them know how fast time is going by? Uh, I, I, I'd have to give that to you. I have to tell you, my, old, my, uh, my youngest child is 21 and it all feels like it happened yesterday. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't know a person that doesn't live that way. You know, I, it, it's, it takes forever and then it's gone. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I wouldn't even know how to, capture, how to begin to think about capturing something of that magnitude. What are um, in that magnitude? In that in that arena, um, you know, you've you've built a life, you've built a life to to engage and, and be close to your kids, spend time with your kids. Um, what does, as my kid is right here, right, as a as as a, as a father, what advice do you give uh, young men out there that got their kids that are working hard but also don't want to miss a moment because that's a delicate balance. The one thing I learned from this, what I'm going to call this great social experiment of building a company that allowed us to work at home all this time, is that the regular time together, even unspoken, is more meaningful than the intensity. It's, it's, it's just, there. my experience there is just being there is the most important thing you can do. For yourself and for them. I couldn't, you know, my, my poor child, right? So my wife had a C-section for our listeners. So I've heard this, I apologize. I say this a lot, but she had a C-section. And so in the middle of the night and in the early mornings, right, I was up doing the feeding because my wife had stitches and staples in her. So she couldn't just get up and feed the kid. So I did. And I loved it. It was one of my favorite memories are with my daughter. And I'm holding her in this shitty rocking chair. It's falling apart and I'm rocking her back and forth and I have one of three bands on one of three Huey Lewis in the news muddy waters and then uh, Jimmy Buffett and the crazy thing is all these nights of us being together of us just hanging out and being close 
two in the morning, feeding her milk, and I've got Jimmy Buffett on and Muddy Waters or Huey Lewis in the news. To this day, you put that music on, she loves it. I introduced her to a band called Great Caesar, who I love. I mean, I know Jonathan very well. He's going to be a guest in the podcast. They're, they're dear friends of mine. Like, what do you want to listen to? She goes, can we listen to Great Caesar? I remember when I was six months old and I heard them at a concert. And then I got to go up on stage and hang out with them as they sang me a song. I'm like, yes. But that influence, that thing, that, that untangible, it's, it's a weird thing. Maybe you can help me explain this. You live in a tangible creative world where you create a physical product that turns into a mist that sprays on something and creates a scent. And then there's the intangible part, that connection. One, how do you bridge the two? And then two, how do you explain the importance? Maybe not the importance is a little, it's over the top. How do you explain the, the, the connection that you can create with a child that at that young of age can't even speak that formatively accelerates your position with them when they can speak. I'm absolutely. What was that? Sorry. Oh, hold on one second. Oh, hold on one second. There we go. I lost you there for a second. I apologize. What was that? Yeah. Uh, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I disagree. How dare you, sir? But I do think that there are, I think we communicate in all sorts of ways other than words. Yep. And that that's where that just being there comes in and can't be substituted. Just being around. It's very true. I mean, we are, we're blessed men, right? We got kids that look up to us. We're blessed men. We, uh, we get to influence their lives. And uh, in, a in the one relationship in their life, they did not choose, which is to be our kids. That's the only relationship they'll never choose. They got you right, as a dad, stop. they got me as a dad. It is what it is. It's also- okay, I gotta wrap up. I gotta get the, the wait for me at the factory. No worries, no worries. Mark, listen, man. Um, I can't, you know, I, I say this a lot and I do mean this very, very much. There are a couple of things in life that are very precious. Obviously, our kids and, uh, and our relationship who we are is very precious, but also time. It's the one thing we don't get back. We, we will make and lose money. You will make perfumes that will sell out and you'll have to make more. Science. But time's one thing we never, ever get back. And in that world where we don't get that back, I bring that up because I, I cannot thank you enough for the time. I really can't. You'll, you'll never get it back. And I, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you come on again. I hope we get to talk more because, man, it is, uh, it's always great to talk to a father. It's always great to talk to an entrepreneur. It's always great to talk to a business person. It is always great to talk to someone that is, that is on the go and constantly thinking of change and nuance and, and, and deviations in the world we live in. It is well, a rarity. I, I, 
to find all of that under one package. And sir, you are one of those. And that, that's, that's uh, quite a blessing. That, that is very, very kind. But I, <laughs> I, love our, I, I love our talks and I'm absolutely happy to talk at any time. And I just note in passing, we did everything but talk about movies. That's fun. Listen, the movie is a cheap excuse, right? I mean, listen, the movie's been playing. It is a cheap excuse for us just to chat for a couple hours and just have fun and uh, let people get to know you and know more about the fragrances you create, know more about the, the reality of, of how this road was built and, and what happened and the family behind it. Uh, all of those things, is, is, it's, it's an excuse to really just, just to spend some time with someone that, uh, that quite honestly, I, um, I don't think enough people spend enough time with people like you. They don't. For my 10 cents. So well, that said, was, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Anytime. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, sir, I, I, I once again, I cannot thank you enough. I can't. Um, we will do this again because I want to know about new scents coming out. Um, I also, um, my, my last thought for you on this, and I don't know how this works. Uh, two things. One, I've always wondered in the pandemic, if we keep the face masks on, will there be a scent you create called comfort or at ease or pause? that you can spray inside the mask or on the mask when you breathe it in, it calms you down. It makes you think about the world a little differently, that you're not trapped, that you're not forced to have anything on, that you are, you're helping, you're being a part of something. Again, probably not the kind of thing that we would do because it's sure. an interpretive kind of scent. Yep. But, I, but I, our, our whole positioning these days is about safety and comfort. It's about sanitizer and it's about smells to make you feel better. Those are the two things we got. I love the sanitizer idea because as we talked about earlier, like I, I talked about previously, I love the idea of a sanitizer smelling like a, a whiskey or, or, or a bar or something that when you want, when I get the sanitizer on my hands and I'm rubbing it around and I'm, I'm there, it makes me feel closer to where I'm at. I love, I mean, I love those concepts. I love those ideas. Send me your address and I will make up a whiskey tobacco sanitizer. Personal oh, mm, don't, I will send you my address right after this. <laughs> I will, I will, sir. I will, I will. I love it. Okay. Then, Mark, then, and then, you'll, then we'll talk after you get it done with you think. Uh, 100% we will. And I'm going to have some bars lined up going, how do I get these? I'm like, well, I might know someone. I might, I might have a connection here. I might know something. In the world of craziness and dinosaurs, in the world of flat earth, round earth, in the world of dad, entrepreneur, CEO, as I let you go, I have to ask you, what is the advice you give the kids today that are graduating from high school and wondering, do I, do I go to college? The kids who are graduating from college going, shit, what do I do? Um, you're a seasoned veteran in life. How do kids, how do young entrepreneurs, how do business people, how do they navigate this? What's your, what's your 10 cents of wisdom? I'll say one thing that hasn't changed for me in 40 years. Love it. Do something, do what you love. It's too, it's too simple. Out. That can go on a t-shirt, sir. It's too simple. I want something long-winded and complex. How dare you? Can't, can't help. Find what it is that moves your passion and then figure out how to make it your living and you'll never have a bad day. Awesome. So it's, it's, it's 
fundamentally it's true. And, uh, and I think honestly, we need to hear more of it. Mark, thank you for this. Uh, I'll send you the link when this goes live. Uh, we do about, I don't know, 300, 350 downloads a day internationally. So I'll shoot you all the, all the countries and everyone doing this. It'll go live tomorrow morning. Um, but more importantly, man, thanks for the time. I really do appreciate it. I know you're busy. My, my pleasure. I got an off the record comp question for you. Sure. What's the tattoo? What's the tattoo on your fore on your right? Uh, which one? I got two. Let's see. I've got let me see. Never comes. And I have the two birds here. See, it's kind of a weird angle. The two birds are my daughter and I. So I'm the big bird underneath, and she's the little bird flying out of the nest. And uh, what's the significance of the uh, tomorrow never comes? I, uh, I get too caught up personally. I get too caught up in what I could do and what's going on and, and, and planning and strategy. And there it is. That's what I'm talking about. Now, you see the first one that says believe? Yep. That's my philosophy. Believe in yourself. So that was made in, and I had these done in places that were important to me. So the first one was done in London, the second one in Hong Kong, the third one in Moscow, and the fourth one in Seoul. That's awesome. Took, took me two years to complete it. <laughs> and this one is the family tree. Oh, I like that. So that's, um, that's all my kids, my wife in the middle, all sure. the kids around it, and then you can't see it, but on my back. How do you, Matt, that's beautiful. I, I love the representation of art to, uh, to family and passion and drive. It's, it's the absolute best. Mark, if you're gonna go hunt monsters uh, and they're not the fragrance kind, what is the one monster you don't wanna hunt? Mm, that's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna send, I'm gonna send Trish this right and be like, I got Mark on a good question. So he's agreed to uh, every other interview past this. So here we go. <laughs> so, so the answer to that question would be me. Yeah, me, me, I like, oh, it's not Becky? No, I'm absolutely not my own worst enemy. <laughs> no, not my worst enemy. Like, who do you not want to go to battle against? Oh, oh um, my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only allowed to win that which I'm allowed to win. I love it, man. I love it. Listen, thank you for the time. Um, one more time, and I will put it in the description. And of course, I will tag you guys. We're already following you on Instagram. I'll tag you guys. But where can people find you? Where can they find your fragrances? And if they have an idea for a fragrance, how can they get it to you? Ah, uh, I. There is an email called sent suggestion at okay. demeterfragrance.com. I don't answer them all. I try to but I will absolutely read it. Awesome. That's direct to me. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then, uh, DemeterFragrance.com up in the right-hand corner is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You've got all your social channels locked up up there. You're good. Your signs have delivered on yours. Uh, final thing. And you, could all, you could also find us on Amazon. Beautiful. And then final That's question. 
What is your um, what is your most favorite fragrance, and what is your least favorite? My most fragrant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm favorite. the one drinking beers on this, Mark. So how dare you, sir? My favorite is actually patchouli. Stop! I'm getting you my address. Damn it! Are you serious? Yeah. God. Uh, yes. and, and, and that and that's why I think you'll be blown away. I'm in. I'm a thousand percent in. And my least favorite is Steam Room, which is a beautiful fragrance, but it's got a eucalyptus note in it. Okay. And my my <laughs> ex-wife, Randy, I'm sorry, I apologize in advance, used to eat eucalyptus cough drops all the time. And when oh. I smell eucalyptus, my mind fucking snaps. Uh I'm I'm with you on that. Eucalyptic cough drops? Cough drops. Oh. So that smell of eucalyptus just doesn't really sit nicely with me. I understand. I completely understand. And I love, um, one, the diplomacy of which you answered that. And uh, two, Brandy, it's not a knock on you, obviously. It's just, listen, man, shit happens. Don't worry about it. Just worked out that way, man. It worked out. So, Mark, uh, here's my favorite part of the podcast. Uh, it is a podcast that will get me sued later on in life, and I'm okay with that. This is where my daughter, and I videotaped her, she closed up the podcast, everyone singing about the first time she took a poop by herself. Let's go. <laughs> As I said, going to get sued later, right? I mean, listen, she's going to call you up and be like, I need some advice on navigating these legal waters and taking my and dad will, to court. And I will help her give him my number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you will long and gone mark once again man i've said it numerous times i can't thank you enough brother i really can't i look forward to doing this again you are uh you're so much fun to talk with and uh most most importantly um you know you've uh you've got a story that if i went to a movie director and i said here you go they would shove me out of the room and tell me I'm crazy and you live it every day and I love it I, love it. I absolutely Thanks love so it. Much. I absolutely love it well I'll send this to Trisha as soon as this goes live which will be tomorrow morning this is going to go faster than the buy it podcast one that one kicks out in July but this one will be first so we'll we'll layer them in and do a little back and forth thing and then I'll send her the numbers the downloads on the countries that are listening and all that jazz but with all that said sir thank you again have a wonderful weekend Number one. Number two, thank you for the time. Number three. Address. That's the thing. Send me your address. Done and done, my friend. Done and done. Thank you later. Talk to you soon. Peace.